Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Brown Girls Street Podcast. This is your host Aman Tiwana and this is Kathy Thakur and both of us love reading books. On this podcast we bring our favorite books to you and discuss the parts that were most meaningful to us and how we found them interesting or relatable as brown girls. For this episode we read a self-improvement book called Atomic Habits written by James Clear. Before we begin our discussion, Kathy, would you like to give our listeners an overview of this book? Sure. So, an atomic habit is described in the book as, you know, a tiny change, a marginal gain, a 1% improvement. But there are little habits that are part of a larger system. This book is about how you can form life-changing habits one step at a time. and it gives a lot of great steps that we can take to form these habits but before we go into the details let's hear a quick word from our sponsor the book starts with james clear describing what happened to him during a baseball accident he was hit in the face by a baseball bat as a result of his injury he had trouble breathing and swallowing on his own and he suffered three seizures in 8 hours and he also suffered injuries to his skull and his eyes all of this left him bedridden for a long time reading about james injury i felt so sheltered and lucky in a way although it was a sports injury and i was never sports person really but still i feel like we were often sheltered from this kind of stuff especially as girls the worst i have had is a hairline fracture in my ankle or some stitches over the years and yeah. I, i'm not completely sure that I am the anomaly or James is but looking at our culture our upbringing I don't think I am the exception. Yeah, I don't think you are the exception because his injury was kind of unrealistic. You know, I have been a professional sports player and I don't think I ever got that badly injured. Like I did get injuries, maybe you know like sprained my ankle, fell down while running, over exercising, some muscle tear, but nothing like this. I don't think even professional sports player or like sports athletes go through something like that so it was kind of inspiring to read that he overcame that level of trauma you know both physical and mental that's true his near death experience forced him to start small he was so injured that he couldn't have a radical transformation in a day he had to form small habits that would eventually make him better and that's where he applied these concepts of forming atomic habits for the first time and i think it's actually great from him that something good came out of this huge trauma he had suffered yeah you're right so the book mentions an idea which is called the aggregation of marginal gains which was the philosophy of searching for a tiny margin of improvement in everything that we do let's say for any task you take on or any learning if you give your 100% and then you improve it by 1% in the end you will have a significant increase when you put all of it together and if we do 1% better every day for one year at the end of that year we would have improved by 37.78% that's a pretty big number yeah and you know there's also a flip side to it that if we do 1% worse each day although that doesn't sound too bad at the end of the year our growth will be 37% negative Yeah, I was kind of mind blown by this. I mean, I guess everyone knows that forming small habits help you in the long run, but it's actually the first time I saw it being quantified like that. Yeah, I think that big number has a big effect. 
Yeah, so like 1% better every day. Maybe I should have a poster of this in my kitchen. And you know, every time I open the fridge to get ice cream, it's written on the fridge or even on the ice cream. <laughs> Wait, I'm a little confused. How does this apply to ice cream exactly? Are you going to eat 1% more each day? <laughs> no, I, I was thinking I'll eat 1% less each day. <laughs> okay, well, going off of the same topic, James also mentions that habits work in a very similar way, that in a sense, they are the compound interest of self-improvement. And we may not see the difference in our daily life only when we look back at our two years, five years or 10 years time span, we will see the effect of good habit or the cost of the bad ones on us. Kathy, do you ever look back and find a habit that has had that kind of effect for you? I think there are so many habits that have had that effect on me. First example is, of course, the simplest and the most easiest one, which is, of course, healthy eating. After going on a million different diet plans and stuff, I realized that healthy eating is really just about making the smallest right choice. So for instance, every time you want to get a sandwich, you have to make a choice of if you want to put the mayo in it or not. And we don't realize it, but a compound effect of not putting the mayo becomes super huge in the long run. I guess. And you know, it's really funny that you mentioned diet because that was exactly the thing that came to my mind too. I think for all these years, I've heard this idea being floated around that if you eat less and essentially starve yourself, you will lose weight. But I don't think that's true. Our bodies are more complicated and smarter than that. I think what it actually did for me was make my metabolism 1% worse each day. Yeah, I don't think strict diets really work. The key to losing weight is to make small changes that will eventually lead to a healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. And speaking of lifestyle changes, for me, another habit that added to the compound interest of self-improvement was the habit of positive thinking. I have had to consciously, you know, form this habit after I went into an extreme depression. So it's like every time I get into self-doubt, I override that self-doubt with a positive thought. And it was very hard in the beginning, but now I think it's starting to get a lot easier. And I think I have noticed that it is turning into a habit. Oh, that's great. I really like that one. I love what he says about goals versus systems in the book. So many of us have really similar goals. Fame, money, these are the most common ones, but clearly not everyone makes it. I'm sure there are plenty of factors, like the opportunities you got, the exposure you have, your background, your gender, your race. But I can't help but think that even if we become equitable on all those grounds, there's still an important factor, which is the how of achieving those goals. Like, how do we approach it? That's exactly what James talks about when he mentions the importance of systems. If we optimize our systems, reaching towards goals is actually more possible than if we just sit back and focus on our end goal, but never really look at the how of it. Yeah, and I also like that he mentions that we forget about setting a time frame for when we want to achieve something by. Instead, we should focus on the progress, on the journey of that achievement. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about my most important learning from this book. Most people change their habits by focusing on what they want to achieve. The alternative James Clear mentions is to focus on who we wish to become. And I think I'm really going to try this approach. 
I loved this one. Yeah, it basically involves changing the way you think about yourself. Like absolutely believing that you have already become the person that you want to start the habit for. And this all sounds very complicated. So I'll add an example that he gives in the book. He gives an example of two people who are trying to create a habit of not smoking. And when offered a cigarette, one person says, no thanks, I'm trying to quit. And the other says, no thanks, I'm not a smoker. And this is such a powerful message here. Exactly. And I really like the way he has explained this relationship that we have with identity. Like, I actually take pride in how much I read. And maybe that's why it comes so easily to me. Compared yeah. to some of my friends who say they want to read a book. And also last year, I identified as someone who goes to the gym every day. Because I said that to myself, I think I never thought of it as a task I have to do. I was just that person who goes to the gym every day. That belief made it much easier for me. I agree. And speaking of identities, do you think there's an identity like that which you relate to, Khyati? For me, I think I have so many side projects that I do. You know, all this while I was looking at them just like side projects. But now I started believing that my goal is not to do side projects, but to be an entrepreneur. Yes, exactly. I think the same concept also applies to breaking habits. For the longest time, I would say that I'm not a morning person. You know, when I hold on to that belief as my identity, it makes it much harder to wake up early. And yeah. if we detach our actions from identity, it's much easier. Recently, I actually started waking up at 6 a.m. If any of my friends hear this, they are not going to believe that I am actually waking up at 6 a.m. But after years, I've just stopped that voice inside me somehow, which used to say that you are not a morning person. You cannot get up in the morning and still be functional. And you know what? I've been waking up early and I'm doing pretty okay during my days. So this means that we are capable of doing anything but we just keep putting labels on ourselves and these labels, you know, stop us from doing things. Yeah, these labels are just limiting for anyone. Once we put a label on, we just limit ourselves to that identity. And in reality, we are so much more. Today's episode is brought to you by Fix. Of course, we at Brown Girls Read enjoy reading to relax and unwind. But as women, there are many other ways to indulge in relaxation. A great way to relax and indulge, self-pleasure. Whether for solo play, mutual enjoyment, or even just curiosity, Fix has a variety of pleasure products to meet all needs. From vibrators to wands, G-spot massagers, there are tons of items for you to explore. During this time in our world, taking time for ourselves is something we have to do for ourselves. We looked at their website and saw quite a few items that we would really like to try. What makes Fix products great? They find people of all walks of life and sexual health experts to do testing and reviews. If it's not a winner, they toss it. If their people love it, it's a definite go. Fix sources products that are sexy, sleek, but most importantly, safe for our bodies. Do yourself a favor and visit www.letsfix.com. Use promo code BROWN to receive a $5 off your first order. Again, it's www.letsphix.com. One of my favorite concepts from the book is called habit stacking. So there's an idea that no behavior happens in isolation and each action can become a cue that triggers the next behavior in us. Habit stacking takes advantage of this part of our behavior by pairing a new habit with an existing one. For example, I already have a habit of eating lunch at noon. 
so i can stack it with a power nap like after lunch i will take power nap and if i continue to do this for a few weeks my brain is going to form an association between two things and every time i eat lunch i will want to take a power nap similarly i can make other habits like after i put my plate in the sink i'll wipe the kitchen counters or after i finish my work i'll go for a quick walk i really like this concept and you know my husband started using habit stacking so every time he goes to take a shower he keeps dumbbells in the bathroom and he exercises so now his cue is you know shower so his brain has started associating showering with working out somehow oh that's pretty good another thing i really liked was a realization i had when i was reading the book our core motivation is always to be lazy and do what is convenient for us Yeah. I, have been, I have always been called lazy so much so that I started identifying as a lazy couch potato kind of person <laughs> but reading this I was like no we all are lazy and we ha- all have our methods of doing what's convenient and employing shortcuts James mentions in the book that we can actually use the laziness to our advantage and we can probably increase friction for some of the bad habits that we want to break For example, if you think you are eating too much chocolate, just putting it out of sight or on like a high shelf of the closet can add friction. Or if you want to reduce Netflix time, maybe just log out of the TV every time you finish episode. Then next time there's this hurdle of putting the username and password again. Yeah. He also suggests that to reduce TV time further, you can unplug the TV, you can remove batteries from the remote. or you can put the tv in a closet <laughs> honestly that just went into a little crazy talk area yeah. for me because i'm like if i move my tv to the closet what is my furniture pointing towards <laughs> you know you should talk to joy from friends about this have a long discussion <laughs> yeah, i think we need to have that discussion <laughs> i was wondering what are some of the habits that are shaped by the most obvious option and you know us being lazy So you know I get chocolate and fruits every time I go grocery shopping I have to keep fruits in the fridge with so many other things and somehow the fruits go at the end of the fridge yeah <laughs> and the chocolates are just right there on the kitchen slab so when I go to the kitchen every time it's just easier to grab a chocolate than an apple I think I don't eat much fruit because there's also that step of washing them and then cutting them. Yeah. And just because of that I don't really eat any unless someone else has already washed them and cut them and you know basically fed me. Oh, you know, to give you an example of how much I love fruits. When I was young, I wanted to marry a fruit vendor because I love fruit so much. <laughs> So not even a fruit farmer you know just like a vendor and every time i saw a fruit market i used to tell mom can i just get married to a vendor here so i can live here forever oh, wow i don't think i've ever heard this one ever <laughs> but maybe kathy you should become a fruit vendor like those who cut the fruit and serve it and i'll be your customer yeah maybe that could be my side project you know <laughs> Dude, not side project. You are an entrepreneur. Remember? Oh yeah, yes. Okay, sorry. My business. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to the book, there's another thing I really like. It's called the two-minute rule, where you just decide to do two minutes of anything. No need to aim big. You just start small and stick to it for a while. 
for example you want to start meditating you just do 2 minutes of it every day instead of thinking of it like a big task to do and if you do it for a few weeks eventually you will form the habit of doing that and then at that point you can increase if you want to and same can apply to habit of reading don't think you have to read 50 pages just read one page before bed or if you want to fold your laundry and you don't have time just decide to fold two items a day that's it Yeah I really like this 2 minute rule and you know I have been trying it for meditation and it actually really works. Hmm. I bet it does. Going with the same rule he also mentioned something called habit tracking that if you're trying to make a habit of something like let's say reading every day just use a visual calendar for the month and check up for the days that you actually read. This somehow has a very positive impact on us because our brains start wanting to maintain that streak in a way. Yeah. And when we see that it also gives us that sense of accomplishment i haven't used habit tracking but i'm using this app called todoist which is basically like you can create your own to-do lists for every day and every time i mark my workouts as done in that app i feel so good so yeah i can see how habit tracking can give you that feeling of achievement and you know drive you to form good habits i actually love checking things off my to-do list It's I know so, it's so gratifying right yeah i also had read this book recently called the bullet journal method it also mentioned this habit tracking method i've actually been doing it for a few months now it's a pretty good visualization tool not just to see that you're forming habits but also to reflect on what habits actually matter to you or are you just tracking things for the sake of it yeah i agree today's podcast is presented by podgo Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. Now, let's talk about why this book gets brownie points from us. This book gives a lot of practical advice which is broken down into small actionable changes that we can actually implement instead of just explaining the concept of habit formation or providing research and that's why I give this book a brownie point I think this is why it is also different from another book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg The Power of Habit has a lot of psychology and research on habits but this one gives more actionable items you know to form habits yeah one more brownie point that i would like to give to the book was that i did use a lot of techniques mentioned in the book like 2 minute rule to form a habit of meditation and habit stacking to form the habit of exercising i'll have you guys know that it all works Yeah, I think those were my favorite takeaways too. This was a discussion on the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's a really practical book with a lot to learn from, and even if we take one or two takeaways from it, they will go a long way in making our lives 1% better each day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brown Girls Read podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a 5-star rating and a comment. You can support us at anchor.fm slash browngirlsread slash support. Your support will allow us to continue this podcast and bring more episodes to you. Also, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram, browngirlsreadpod. And if you have book recommendations for us, you can leave us a comment or message on Instagram.
For our next episode, we are reading a collection of personal essays by Nora Ephron. I feel bad about my neck. We hope you'll be reading with us and until then, keep listening. <laughs>